Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom Site's official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Carlos and Tyler. Say hello, guys. Yo, what is up? hey So today, we've got a bunch of comics to review, as well as uh, some news that just came out right before we started recording this podcast. So today, we're going to review Venom number 10. Venom Lethal Protector number five, Carnage number five and six, Savage Avengers number four, five, and six, Thor number 27, and Miss Marvel and Venom number one. And then we'll also discuss the Summer of Symbiotes. So let's go ahead and kick this off with a review of Venom number 10, the big revelations issue. So this is where Ewing kind of gives us. Uh, a big reveal of where this is all potentially going um, definitely reveals, uh, you know, who are these new Kings in black and what is the mystery of the venom hand with the, with his fingers on fire. <laughs> so, um, so interesting to see that Bedlam is Eddie Brock, as well as every other King in Black in this series is some sort of version of Eddie Brock. We're playing with uh, time travel shenanigans. Yeah, it's it, it was really really interesting. I mean, we I think uh, on our last uh, recording, I think we were kind of speculating. Well, I think Aaron was more speculating that it's it is a different. Eddie Brock. So, uh, but in this case, this the Bedlam is supposed to more reflect uh, Eddie's rageful hatred towards Spider-Man, mm. where he is just loses all control. Not not exactly. And, so, what? It's not exactly rage towards Spider-Man. It's kind of just rage towards himself, his self-loathing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and and if Aaron was here, he'd definitely be bragging about being right about them all being Eddie Brock. I'd be like, I was right. I told you so. Exactly. So that's just, that's your Aaron impression for the Aaron time. is here in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. So what it is is um every single King in Black here is Eddie Brock from a different period in time and as um meridius explained uh time to them is kind of like a spiral with a single path going straight from the top to the middle and um there are seven intersections on this line and those represent the seven versions of eddie brock in his spiral of a life uh so i believe they explained it that finnegan um is kind of like the first King in Black version of Eddie Brock, um, which is kind of uh, Eddie Brock as probably his weakest, um, where he's most traumatized and everything. It's the um, King Black that we saw way back in one of the first issues uh, with with Ewing on writing duties, where we saw that grayish kind of symbiote, weak looking, kind of come out of nowhere and is like, oh, you know, talking babbling nonsense it seemed to us at the time yeah, and then bedlam yeah. comes out of nowhere and just starts beating him up for whatever reason and now we understand that that was eddie brock at this moment in time in the issue in the issue that we're in right now um just kind of coming to terms with oh this is what's happening to me i'm stuck in this endless loop here 
of creating uh, creating myself as a villain again somehow. So something happened where Eddie Brock was set down this path, and Meridius is like the step before the end. He is the sixth of the seven versions of Eddie Brock, with the uh, hand with the fire being the seventh version of Eddie Brock that nobody really knows about yet. And Meridius is just kind of ensuring that Eddie is going down the spiraling path over and over again. Yeah, it's obviously it's a it's a time loop where Meridius is apparently the ultimate goal for Meridius at least, and uh, I will say this is the most interesting this series has been so far. Yes, for me, I I still don't love the series, but out of all the issues, this one like okay things are finally lining up. I it making them all versions of Eddie through like a like the the what was it the, the cycles of depression or whatever mm-hmm. like it's the bargaining and all that yeah so it's, it's, that's basically what this is on a on a on a bigger scale so it's 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 definitely intriguing i still don't love it like i i still have questions like why doesn't eddie just blah 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 but i mean obviously it's like the time loop thing still don't love meridius still don't like kang's being involved but you know, I, I'm hoping we can go somewhere more interesting with this, but I'm not hopeful. Yeah, and we can already see from this issue how Eddie Brock believes all these actions he's trying to do to disrupt Maurice's plan is just self, self-fulfilling self prophecy. It's only leading him down the path that Meridius has created for himself. Yeah, or it's just going to be an, an endless loop. But again, it does really put it into a much better perspective. Um, but now it's like he still has to figure out who the seventh uh, Eddie Brock is or that that version of Venom that he has to still find. But now it's like, now we got to see what happens with Dylan. What role is he going to play ultimately? So Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so apparently so what's happening with Dylan right now in the comic is we saw um, right before Ewing took over again with Ram V's story um, that Bedlam got a hold of Dylan and Venom and um, apparently stabs him through the heart, which is, I guess, all kind of a part of Meridius's ultimate plan to make the ultimate Venom or something. So, and we've seen from previews coming up of future Venom issues that Dylan seems to be going down a path to be to become Codex again. Well, not again, but becoming Codex from uh, Donny Cates' Venom Beyond. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's going to be pretty interesting to see because we did see the preview art for that. So I don't, uh, I don't know if I care about the the whole Dylan thing has fallen completely flat in my opinion. Yeah, I just that's something I really like. I was open to the idea at the end of the the even though Donny Cates' last issue Venom two hundred, it wasn't my favorite. Mm, but and yeah, I was still I was still open to seeing what Vet, Dylan did as Venom. And then Ram V immediately took it in a different direction that I did not like at all. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I have not been a fan of Dylan Brock as Venom since Venom it's just, it's just, it's, it doesn't feel earned to me. It d- doesn't feel earned, um, and it's just there's so much. There's so much. It's, it, there's so much it's just the circumstances. Yeah, there's yeah. so much progress with Eddie Brock 
and you thought that they were going to continue him as Venom and, you know, see how they can really redeem themselves as a hero and as the King of Black. But, uh, yeah. We've we've tried over that ground many times before. <laughs> yeah, and, and if I'm going to be honest, it's like, I, I'm like, I'm not interested in Dark Web. I mean, I'm going to read uh, the Venom tie-ins, but again, it's just... We're going to once again have a feud with him and Spider-Man. And then, you know, is, is, is Peter going to learn that Dylan is the new Venom? It's, I don't know. It, yeah. There's so, just so many inconsistencies going on, you know? So. Yeah. So some context there, we have an upcoming um, crossover event with Spider-Man, Venom, and the X-Men called Dark Web. And Venom is going to be involved. So far, all we know is that um, Eddie Brock is kind of returning as Venom for this for this uh, crossover and is apparently going to be a villain again somehow. Not entirely uh, sure how this is going to work out. I, ass- I assume some demon stuff is involved that sort of makes Eddie Brock the classic Venom. That'd be my guess based on what I've seen. But, yeah. You know. I'm not excited for it either because it forces me to read something X-Men related and I don't like mutants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So, um, all right. Well, that's Venom number 10. Let's go ahead and move on to the finale of David Michelinie's uh, Venom Lethal Protector number five. Uh, this was just, you know, this was ice cream. This series has been ice cream compared to the current Venom series. <laughs> and the final issue was no exception. It was just a lot of classic Venom fun, you know, classic Venom shenanigans, a lot of cool um, guest stars from uh, D or Z-list villains and everything. We even got Taskmaster, which I know, uh, Tyler, you're probably excited about. Yeah. He didn't do a whole lot, but (laughs) uh, it was still fun. Look, in classic, classic classmaster, in ta- classic taskmaster fashion, uh, when the going gets tough, run away. <laughs> just, That's pretty so. much what the issue was. But yeah, no, it's just basically Venom show up, raise some hell, and leave. That's pretty much it. But it was really good, and it was a, re- an, again, another fun read. And um, at the end, it gave us a little bit more context as to who actually put the bounty on Venom's head. Yeah, it was um, Orwell Taylor, the general whose uh, son Venom had killed in his escape from, I think it was the vault, right? I believe yep, it was the ESM vault. ESM-315. Yep. Yeah, so basically, this this story is supposed to take place before the original Lethal Protector series. So we can see yeah. from the original Lethal Protector series that Orwell Taylor was shopping around putting bounties on Venom's head. With not just the Life Foundation, but with everyone else. If 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 I had a very very minor complaint, it's that some of those villains that are part of Taskmaster's group, they should not have died because they still are around afterwards. And then I know like Man Killer is there; she's like the giant woman, and she doesn't even get growth powers till like way later in the nineties. 
during Thunderbolts. And it's, this is all like super obscure Z-list villain stuff that nobody cares about but me. But I just noticed, I'm like, that doesn't quite make sense. But, it, you know, this is an untold story. I'm sure McLeany didn't do his homework. So he just, yeah. he just wanted a bunch of D-list villains for Venom to beat up. So Yeah. And uh, for... Exactly. For those loving the uh, She-Hulk uh, Disney Plus series, we have a leapfrog in uh, this issue. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was kind of like saying, like, wait, I'm like, I've seen that character before. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's from this issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rip it. Uh, was it Ribbit or yeah. Rip it? <laughs> Ribbit. Ribbit and Ribbit. Ribbit, yeah. <laughs> So, but but yeah, this this issue just I feel like it just continues the trend of the whole mini where it was just it was just a ton of fun looking back at the mm-hmm. classic Venom in the nineties. So leaves me wanting um, a lot more. more I, that's yeah. the thing I was gonna say. I'm thinking we'll probably get another series probably by next year. You never know. So Heck, I mean, I guess hopefully. it I guess it depends on Michelini and what Michelini yeah. wants to do. Like I am, I feel like they must have offered him another one because they did with like. Peter David, they keep offering him other ones. He keeps doing his own little untold minis. And then uh, JMD Mateus is now doing another mini. And so, like, I feel like they must have offered him. And then maybe he just turned them down. He's like, no, I, I told my story. I don't want to do anything else. But I, I would like him to do more. Maybe they're saving that for uh, Summer of Symbiotes. Maybe. Maybe we could get maybe some classic Carnage stuff. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Yep. I'll have him and Bagley do it. Maybe. Who knows? Damn. If we could get Michelini and Bagley on a classic Venom or Carnage story, that would be amazing. That'd be pretty sweet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's Lethal Protector. Yep. Loved it. And uh, please give us more Marvel. All right. Next up, we got Carnage number five and six. Everybody's favorite symbiote series. Um. So with this one, uh, we we're not going to cover each issue individually. We'll just cover the broad strokes of what's happened in each issue. So basically carnage and his, um, little serial killer friend, uh, arrive in Niflheim. They're hunting for a, um, for this rare wolf pup or something, um, uh, that the dark elves are hunting as a part of a ritual that they usually have. And, uh, they end up slaughtering a whole bunch of dark elves that were, uh, hunting these pups and not only slaughtering them, but uh, Carnage turns them into you know little clones of himself or something, uh, making his own army of dark elves, and then also ends up uh, finding the Mystic Wolf pup and turning it into his own Carnage dog, uh, and then uh, of course on their on their heels is um, Detective... Shoot, I can't even remember his name. Detective Nightshade? Detective Night something. Jonathan Shade. Jonathan Shade. There you go. Yeah, Detective Jonathan Shade, who has um, Carnage in his... uh, Has Cletus Cassidy in his head, a little piece of Carnage codex in him, uh, guiding him along, uh, trying to kind of cut Carnage off at the path, because Carnage is on some sort of uh, some sort of plan that Cletus had come up with long ago. Um, the in Carnage number six, we see uh, Carnage and his serial killer friend and their new menagerie uh, wreaking havoc in um, uh, in hell, 
Hell's uh, re- um, world. Hell with one L. <laughs> yes, Hell with one L, the Asgardian Hell. Uh, and Jonathan Shade is also there. Jonathan manages to um, to find Malekith, the Dark Elf, before Carnage and uh, his menagerie do. And uh, instead of killing uh, Malekith, he helps Malekith escape Hell, which kind of puts a, a monkey wrench into plans. And uh, that's pretty much carnage for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a. Uh, I don't care about dark elves. Is basically what this story is for me. Yeah, <laughs> Just, it's it's all this Asgardian, you know, nine realm stuff, and it's just. Carnage has this plan to become a god killer, and it's just it's taking too long to get there. I don't care about that. we wasted like two issues on on these dark elves. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I'm having a real hard time caring. It's yeah, it's not what I, I want out of a Carnage book. Yeah, I, I I finally caught up to the series, and it's honestly it's been a bit of a bore. I'm going to be brutally honest, and but the thing is, like to be real, like it's basically tr- Carnage trying to get. Uh, his power to combat against Venom, because if, if anything's to indicate, it's probably going to lead up to next year's event where Carnage is going to face off against Venom to combat, you know, him as the King of black and whatever power he's trying to be, get after to match him, you know? So, yeah. Um, I think, you know, we all miss Cletus. We all miss the original status quo at this point, but honestly, I don't know if this this is going to be worth it going into next year. I, I don't know. I can't say so. Yeah, I yeah. I am just not feeling Ram V handling symbiote books between Venom, uh, his stuff with Dylan Brock and this Carnage series. It's just it's not doing it for me. Overall, yeah, no, it's it's kind of I don't love the state of symbiote books right now. Yeah, and it's just it's not what I want to see out of the characters I love, and it's just, it just throwing putting them through the ringer like like the thing that, with Carnage and Cletus. Like, with the Carnage symbiote going off on its own, I thought that'd be an interesting concept for you to take it if you if you do it right. Because, you know, obviously it's always sort of just been like a clone of Cletus. So, like, I, I think I said this in the first few issues or whatever, where it was like, I, I'm interested to see where it goes. But then after seeing where it's gone, uh, let's go back. <laughs> so And it's, it, and it's it, like, did they forget? Like, hey, you you guys stated in that Carnage Forever book that they split apart the, the techno... Grendel or the Grendel symbiote, and then the extreme symbiote. The extreme symbiote. Like, what happened to him? Is he going to come back, or are they just going to? Is he going to die off in a fart in the wind somewhere? We never hear I, back I, from that. Yeah, I, I feel like they just, they just forgot about that, and they oh, instead he just has Cletus as like part of the symbiote that's in shade for whatever reason, and that I feel like that's the only Cletus we're going to get. I don't know where the real the main Cletus was, so it, it, it's just weird. And they haven't even really explained. Why Cletus is going against Carnage? Have they? <laughs> well, I think that, I think it was someone said in our Discord that it's a race or some kind. I think they're trying to race each other who can get this godlike power or something. I don't know. I like I could be wrong, but it's because that's what it's leading to. It's leading to him facing Venom eventually. In in I don't know if it's going to be in the Summer of Symbiotes or a different story arc. I don't know. It's. It's just taking so long, you know? Yeah. Yep. Not a fan of this at all. 
too confusing. Don't like the direction. No, sir, no don't like it. No more Dark Elves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving along, let's get to something a bit happier. We got Savage Avengers number four through six. Um, so we're ending the very first arc of Savage Avengers, and then we're touching on the first issue of the next arc. Uh, so back in the Hyborian Age, we have um, our Savage Avengers team, uh, Thesla Doom, uh, the ancient necromancer, has captured Conan the Barbarian uh, in a ritual to um, to summon Set, the serpent god, into the mortal realm. And the Savage Avengers are fighting against that. Uh, uh Conan uh, ends up ultimately dying to summon Set, and then, you know, living once again because of uh, Dagger and her light abilities or whatever, being able to reignite the light in Conan. So Conan's still alive, and they're all fighting against Thusla Doom, and um, they manage to beat him and uh, get uh, beat Set back into his realm or whatever. Ends up uh, splitting up the Savage Avengers from Conan. Conan remains in the Hyborian Age and continues his life there. A nice little uh, epilogue for him. Uh, just remembering these uh, Savage Avengers and everything. And then um, we uh, also during all that hijinks and everything, we got some backstory into um, Miles Morales as the Deathlock how he became the Deathlock, and basically it was just an alternate universe version of Spider-Man where uh, he goes into the... Um, what is that universe? The Cancerverse, is it? I think you would know Tyler, right? The ty- uh, no, uh, that, the Negative Zone. Negative that's Zone, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he, he goes up against Nihilus, basically loses, gets killed, um, and is brought back as a Deathlock. Uh, but... Now that with all of the shenanigans he's been dealing with in the Hyborian Age, he's no longer going with his programming, and he's now rebelling, and now he's joining the Savage Avengers as a new team member. And like I said, at the end, they all get transported through time again, but instead of going back into their proper time in the present, they're thrown into the far-flung future of 2099, where they're immediately met by... Um, Punisher 2099. And so now they're on the run from Punisher 2099 and a group of um, of other Deathlocks from 2099 or something. Uh, and they uh, retreat to the Avengers Mansion to find some tech to help get them back into the past. They uh, arm themselves up with an with, with the Avengers compound armory of different cool looking things like uh, everyone gets cool weapons except for Flash. Flash gets the spider buggy, but he's Hell yeah. He loves it. <laughs> Great. And Ultimate uh, Spider-Man fanboy. <laughs> and we and the cliffhanger at the end of issue six is that um the Deathlock Prime is actually Ultron. And that's Savage Avengers for you. Yeah, no, this uh, this book continues to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. This is, like, a- as someone who's not a big fan of Conan, uh, you know, obviously that, not the last issue, but the issue before last issue, 
did the send off where basically he comes back to life mm-hmm. and then he sends he helps essentially send the savage avengers quote unquote home and then you get like that big like even though I I'm not a big fan of Conan I thought it was a good send off for him and it's put like obviously Marvel doesn't have the rights anymore mm-hmm. and it was a good send off for sending him back to Hyborian Age and it's like he'll always be an avenger and so I I think like that page they show of him doing all that stuff is was like is I think it's a flashback of a bunch of old Marvel comics yeah. that did with Conan. Yeah. So it, it it's a very good send off for Conan, and I, I, I'm okay with him being gone because, like I said, I never read this book for Conan. I, he was the kind of the worst part of the original book, and he he was all right in this new one because he didn't take the li- limelight so hard. Yeah. But but I I think this book, like I said. It's so much fun. I love the narration. All the characters get time to shine. Like, like even in this new issue with the with the twenty nine ninety nine issue, you had every character gets a cool little upgrade, gets to use it for a little bit, you know. And so, yeah, I I'm having so much fun with the book, and I love Flash gets time to shine. It's great. Yeah, no, I I really I do love this book. The only part I don't like is the romance between Flash and Tandy Bowen Dagger. Hate that so much. As- yeah, yeah. As some, uh, like I said, as the biggest Flash fan, I don't really care about that either. And like, I, it's sort of coming out of nowhere. It feels like, yeah, like it's they forced. literally just just met, yeah. <laughs> and it's just not to mention she's like obviously best friends slash obviously romantic sort of with Cloak a little bit. And so just Flash suddenly barge in like, "Hey, Blondie!" Like, it's and, what is this? Like, yeah, that's 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 also another. It's like it's like a bit, uh, you know, the two blonde-haired white people on the team hooking up like that. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I get what he's going for. He's trying to lean into the Flash being like the stereotypical jock. Oh, yeah. But it... And I understand that. There is part of Flash that will always be, you know, the musclehead jock. But I feel like he's grown so much past that. Like, it was in one of the issues, I remember, he was being really condescending. He's like, hey, I'm an Avenger. I can introduce you to Captain America. It's like... What? <laughs> like she knows Captain America. Like, yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. It just it just doesn't sit well with me. Super. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. I feel like there's a lot of lot worse people you could pair up with Flash where I'd be scratching my head. But it's just not the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd ra- yeah. And it's just I'd rather not waste time with it. And uh, oh. Okay. We just got someone listening. Yeah. But okay, no, I, it's. I thought Aaron joined for a second. Yeah, but. I I mean I only don't like it because I'm a huge uh, cloak and dagger fan and um this development is kind of a disruption towards um Tandy and Tyrone kind of coming to terms with with their relationship so it's like uh I don't like that I don't like this monkey yeah, wrench just yeah throwing a big wedge in between them and it's just it's just unnecessary conflict for this love triangle Mhm yeah yeah but um yeah, I, I, you know, I, I loved it um, when uh, Flash was the only one who didn't get a cool Avengers weapon. All he got was a spider buggy, but he was like just down with it, like yeah, spider buggy, <laughs> so good, <laughs> so good. I have an excuse to take pictures of them together now. It's, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And also, I know uh, you Flash fans um, love it, but you got a glimpse of a dragon form Flash in issue number uh, five. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, no, I, I'm very glad they brought that back. And it's like technically we haven't seen him in. 
in the the even though he's on the covers, all the covers he's in his anti venom form, like the classic anti venom. But when was the last time we saw that in the comic? It was like four issues ago, right? <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 only been the ancient anti venom or dragon form. We have not said which I'm fine with. Like I, the thing is, I'm fine with either. But it's just funny to me that they're like they're only using them for the cover because of the Savage Avengers moniker, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. No, but yeah, definitely. Um, as much as we lament the current state of symbiote comics, Savage Avengers is probably the one bright light. In the ongoing yeah, it, series, it, it, it's it's this fun little corner, and not to mention, as I'm someone who's going through and reading like the classic Avengers stuff, I've read through all the 80s, and I'm currently I'm done the 90s, I'm on 2000s now. This is very much like a love letter to like the late 80s, early 90s, like Avengers stuff. Just with it, with Dane, he's got his like photon sword mm-hmm. in his uh, under under Avengers mansion, and it's just it's just a lot of fun, and I'm 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 loving this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think you'll we'll see any other um, 2099 characters besides the Punisher? I hope so. I'd love to see Miguel, but I I don't know if we will after Miguel just got his little miniseries wrapped up. Yeah. So, but it, it, it'd be cool. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, that's Savage Avengers. Next up, we have um, Donny Cates returning to writing Venom with Thor number 27. Oh, this is the this is the issue where I sleep because I didn't read this. <laughs> yeah, this one this one is a very interesting issue. So basically, the summary is um, the Bifrost Bridge was apparently broken. So Thor and Loki and I think Sif are trying to fix it. And in trying to fix it, uh, they summon uh, or uh, something breaks through limbo or something, uh, and it seems like it's uh, it's some sort of former Thor villain, but now uh, possessed by a symbiote. And uh, events from the Carnage series are alluded to in terms of uh, Carnage is, you know, wreaking havoc in the Nine Realms and everything. Um, and as they battle this this guy, I don't even know his name, um, but as they battle him, uh, Eddie Brock shows up. Um, they cut off a piece of the symbiote and Eddie Brock is able to form through that. And so Eddie Brock teams up with Thor to help against this this creature, and Eddie Brock reveals that this this symbiote is a spawn of Bedlam, and apparently all this has to do with events from Venom number seventeen, which hasn't even been solicited yet. Like we're still pretty far away from that being solicited. Oh, so so this issue doesn't take place at, uh, during t- after well, 200 or so. This Well, actually, well, well, well. Yeah, so this the, yeah, this whole issue, yeah, so this whole issue um I th- was apparently I think is co-written by Ewing or at least Ewing had some some uh some sort of role with helping Donny Cates with this crossover issue or something. So, um this definitely is taking place during the Ewing Ram V run of Venom and is and is pulling things in from that series. Um, but it's alluding to a future issue and we're only getting to get Venom number 11 next week. So that that's honestly insane to me that they would like pretty much spoil an event so far ahead that we don't even have solicits for anything yet. 
It's like, oh, hey, this is going to happen in like six months or whatever. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> and because of because okay. of the time, yeah, because of the time travel shenanigans in the Venom series, it you know we could say this this Thor issue takes place you know in the current timeline of the Venom series, but this is Eddie Brock probably coming back from uh, events from issue number 17. So it's like, it's more time travel shenanigans and it's a bit of spoiler territory saying, Oh, Bedlam's going to spawn something at some point. Yeah. And then at the end of the issue, um, I, I don't, I think it's that he doesn't get a hold of the hammer, but the, the symbiote enemy gets a, uh, creates a red version of, uh, Mjolnir and so, of course, uh, Venom gets to use, oh, that's a red one line the, for the second movie time. Movie reference. Yeah. Movie reference. Which is weird movie because Donny Cates, is, <laughs> Cates has gone on record as not liking the Venom movie. So it's really weird that he would reference it. Yeah, both him and Michelini, right? Because Michelini yeah. <laughs> did the same thing. Because they have good taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, I'm with Tyler on this. I still haven't read, I still haven't read the the Thor issue, but damn, if they're going to be spoiling that ahead until uh, issue 17, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> weird. yeah. Like I said, from a timeline perspective, you can say Thor number 27 still takes place around the same time as Venom number 10 or whatever. Uh, it's just time travel shenanigans again. Um, otherwise, that's that's about it for Thor. We're just going to cover that. Um, we'll, the next issue will continue that little crossover um, uh, actually, I, I will note that um, Donny Cates definitely wrote, like, it, when you compare how he writes Eddie Brock in this issue compared to how he wrote him in the Venom series, it's almost night and day how different the characterization is. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's, it's like a huge 180. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. because in, in Thor... He's very much kind of writing him as a dude, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is weird because it's it, not even that's not even where Donnie left him off. Yeah, exactly. Donnie left him off as like this wizened old man, basically. Yeah, I know. Is like, but 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 Orion, does it give you like a slight breath of fresh air from the current run? Mm, no. Just, no. just, <laughs> just a parallel of terribleness. <laughs> oh. yeah. No, like you, you see, that's that is the funny thing. It's like you know, the current Venom series is making me pine for the old days of of Donny Cates's Venom, and back then I didn't even care for 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 that. I mean, I, I liked the Eddie Brock development and everything with, that Donny Cates did, but overall I didn't like the Venom series because it was too much null insertion. Null is coming. Null is coming. Null yeah, is coming. yeah. So, <laughs> so the fact that this series is making me pine for the old days of Donny Cates is a good sign of where I am with the series, and the fact that <laughs> Donny Cates is kind of leading into the new series now with this little crossover thing is like, oh man, this wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no. So that's Thor. And uh, our final issue um, is Miss Marvel and Venom number one. This is the uh, finale to a three-part um, 
team up series with Miss Marvel. The first issue book I didn't read. (laughs) Yeah, the first issue was Miss Marvel and Wolverine. Then we had Miss Marvel and Moon Knight, and now we have Miss Marvel and Venom. Um, So this team up series is um, it has an overarching story, and uh, it's just kind of pulling in these three characters um, so Miss Marvel can team up with them. Uh, Basic premise of the story is that um, uh, these nano. nanotechnology uh, nanobots are going around town um, in the first issue with Wolverine they were um, attacking uh, mutants and not exactly like trying to kill them or anything but trying to extract um, DNA samples from the mutants and so she teamed up with Wolverine to um, to try to stop them Um, but of course the nanobots got away with the sample then in the Moon Knight issue um, the nanobots were trying to get um, another DNA sample from Moon Knight. Um, and everyone was kind of figuring it has to do with... Um, uh, oh, well, yeah, so I think... I'm trying to remember. It's been a couple months since I read it, um, but... Just get to the Venom issue. <laughs> okay, so, so, okay, so, yeah, so it's basically nanobots and everything. So in We're the not third, here for Miss Marvel. <laughs> yeah, so in the third issue, you have nanobots going after Venom for a sample of the Venom symbiote. Uh, and uh, this is Venom with Dylan Brock, not Venom and Eddie Brock. So uh, timeline-wise, uh, not sure where this really fits in um, with the main Venom series, but we, um, I'm, I'm kind of treating it as maybe uh, it's definitely sometime during the current Venom series, but don't know where or when. Um, but Miss Marvel and Venom team up. Um, to stop the, the the these nanobots and everything, and try to figure out okay where are these things coming from, and what where are the purpose, uh, and we get a lot of interaction with Miss Marvel and Venom, and it's you know angsty teen Dylan Brock is what we have in this issue. Fun, everybody's favorite version of Dylan. Yep. and the funny thing is, we never even see his face in this issue. It's just Venom. But we're getting Eddie, we're getting Dylan's personality, and I wonder because he does he, he just looks like normal Venom, right? He doesn't yeah. have the chains or anything. Uh, at you, one, do at, you at one point he does? does he? At one point he uh, not the chains, but I well actually no, he probably did have the chains at one point. But at one point I did see um, his spider transform into the Dylan spider thing. Mm. Uh, see, I, I'm just I'm curious how long this was in the works for, and maybe maybe they originally intended it for it to be Eddie Brock since they never show Dylan. Mm-hmm. They could have just written, changed the writing around it, but if he used chains, it, would, it was I would say it's probably based at least off the end of Venom 200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but um, so they they find out that these nanobots were taking all these samples to create some sort of um kind of super. Um, super soldier serum that is supposed to be like the ultimate healing factor um, but it's ter- uh, it's unstable so it's ter- uh, when it, they use it on a test subject a homeless person it catches them into an Akira blob monster and uh, so Miss Marvel and Venom team up to fight that and the thing explodes and they're like oh shoot we gotta we gotta find the rest of these uh, we gotta find a antidote to this serum so we can stop people from becoming Akira monsters and exploding. 
and um, she calls in Wolverine and Moon Knight, and we get a whole big team up of all four of them. The first time ever that uh, Venom and Moon Knight have ever teamed up, by the way, as a Moon Knight fan. It's like, yes. <laughs> uh, they team up and they stop the villains. And um, at the end of the day, it's like, well, the ultimate villain got away. We don't know who it was that was trying to create the the serum and everything. So it's kind of leaving an open-ended story. It's like, this will probably be touched upon later at some point. It's like, oh, why were they doing this? That's the Miss Marvel Venom issue. It was it was just a fun little thing, uh, not so fun with angsty teen Dylan Brock, but um, it was it was interesting because Miss Marvel was kind of talking to Venom as like kind of referring to Eddie Brock, and it was kind of like Dylan comparing himself to Eddie Brock and everything. It's like a, um, even though Eddie Brock is supposedly dead and everything, it, it was it was weird, but it was fun. It was a it was a fun little trio of issues. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it for our reviews. Um, we have up next, we're going to discuss the Summer of Symbiotes, which was just... Uh, it wasn't really just announced. I think we heard about it a few months ago, that there was going to be a Summer of Symbiotes coming up, it, and we didn't really have any details as to what that was going to be. We got a it's little been bit officially announced, like yeah. a yeah. big announcement as near comic con is happening. So yeah. So we finally yeah. got an official announcement that it's coming in summer 2023. And right now, the only thing that we know is that we're getting a red goblin series. Pass. <laughs> yeah. This is a uh, pass. I'm in, I'm in the exact same boat. Uh, like pass here. <laughs> I, see, I didn't even buy the original Red Goblin one shot they did with that was like the weird anthology for no reason that nobody cared about. Justice for uh, Eduardo, justice for Eduardo. <laughs> if anyone knows no, what I'm just... talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember them like, like, what is going on? Like, because we have the Gold Goblin series right now, and this is coming in, I guess, after that ends. So is yeah. is it a, is this another flashback, or is he somehow getting it in, or is this actually like so Goblin Child? Well, now here's, 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 well, yeah, here's what I'm thinking because I'm kind of like piecing this together from from what we got from the Free Comic Book Day issue earlier this year, and then yeah. future solicits for future issues of Venom. I'm thinking it's Normie Osborne, little kid Normie, is going to be the Red Goblin. Uh, and he will end up becoming anti-Goblin or anti-Carnage. It literally just happened the free comic book day issue, but they, ha- but they haven't even established in the, the main story yet. And I'm like, so is he going to become Red Goblin and silence Red Goblin or yeah. anti-Red Goblin? So, it's so weird. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, so what happened is the free comic book Dave Spider-Man Venom issue gave us a little preview of the future of the Venom series. And we see a cool little team up of all the Kings in Black versus uh, Flash, Toxin, and a few other symbiote characters. It looks like Lee Price. And then I there's a... I swear to God. Really hope I that's swear to God. Yeah. I swear I, to God. Yeah. But I swear. One of the characters on that side was a was a red goblin looking creature that looks more like silence with the red and white and and that kind of coloration going on. And then <clears throat> where we're getting the anti carnage name from was a little was a little drop from an issue that we all pretty much hate, um, damage control number two, where uh, we don't have to go into detail, but um, 
in a dialogue, they were saying anti-venom, anti-carnage. So we're thinking maybe that's supposed to be an anti-carnage. And future solicits of uh, Venom issues mention Dylan Brock having to team up with an old friend. And I'm thinking that's Normie. And Normie's going to become Red Goblin and then will transform into anti-carnage. I, I feel like you guys are all taking the name Anti Carnage too literally. It was it was a joke book. Where I know it's just like you're an okay. To me, it's <laughs> yeah, fine, exactly. Fine. We'll just call him uh, Goblin Junior. There you go, Goblin Junior. I'm okay with that. Make, I'm gonna make him cry. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Just it's just it's just weird that we're getting a Red Goblin. Is, they said it's a series. Did they say if it's a mini or an ongoing? I feel like it'd be, it must be a mini, right? I feel like it's going to be a mini. It's going to be a mini. Yeah. If not a one-shot, then um, it'll be a mini. But I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Red Goblin has overstayed his welcome. I don't know why they keep bringing him back. Like, yeah. This is literally the second time they brought him back. Here, here's the thing. Here's my opinion on Red Goblin. First time, I thought it was an interesting concept. Okay. Uh, it, you know, it started out kind of cool, but... I didn't like that Norman was so easily able to overcome the Carnage symbiote. He just like, oh yeah, I just told it I could kill stuff better, and then it listened to me. Which I was, Look, ah. I'm a better Cletus now. Woo. Yeah, that that was always a little uh. bit of a stretch for me. But I did like the threat he set for Spider-Man. But then as it went on, he's like, also I'm just immune to fire and Sonics for no reason except maybe maybe the Darkhold stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It just it felt kind of lazy. And just and then obviously how ASM eight hundred played out, I hated that. And just yeah, for and obvious reasons. Flash, but... and then he comes back alive, and then Peter's like, "Oh, you're alive! What? When did that happen? Oh, hey, Flash, what's oh, up, yeah. man? Don't, don't talk to me about that." But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Any anyway, it's just I don't know. I feel like he was kind of wasted, and it could have been a lot better. And it's just, I don't really need to see it again. Plus, I've said it before, but. Symbiote shouldn't have noses in their designs. I don't care if he's a goblin. <laughs> Get rid of the nose. But even the the new anti, you know, silence goblin or whatever that Normie is, he, that looks better. It doesn't have a nose. It looks way better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's at least it does. Yeah. So that's what we have right now to look forward to. We don't know anything else about Summer Symbiotes, but the Red Goblin book. Um, fingers crossed. If I, had, if I well, I was gonna say if yeah. I had to guess, I'm guessing. Summer of Symbiote is going to be the big crossover they talked about between Venom and Carnage. Yeah. We know that's coming, and I feel like it's got to be, because Carnage must be done as god shit by the end of that, yeah. by, by that point. And you got to wonder, um, will Flash be around by that point? Because he's currently stuck in the future, and if this time travel shenanigans happens with him more, it's like, is he going to be around for Summer of Symbiotes, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, and, I can't imagine. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think they're going to go from Hyborian Age to future different time i feel like they're gonna go back home after that so but now now i'm like where's andy just 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 well, give me andy yeah. where's bren God. where's bren come on Ugh. well hey we at least no here's the thing at least we know toxin is coming at some point but andy radio silence since extreme carnage we have literally not seen her for over a year like What's happening? Where's Andy? Holy it's crap, you're safe. actually right. Damn, man. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, because we last saw her at Extreme Carnage. It's been over a year now. Holy shit. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, <laughs> I'm, my God. I'm so, like, 
I swear to God, they better bring her back for some of your symbiotes. Just give well, her a one like, shot something. Well, it's like they. Well, honestly, I think they're gonna. Pro- they're pro- she's gonna probably come back for summer symbiotes. It's probably gonna be like a one shot, and then she'll appear briefly in the event if anything. Just you know, at least give me that, please. I don't care if she yeah. silences or scream. I just want to see her. It's one of those two. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, and you know, and then they want to introduce new. They want to introduce new hosts as well. Yeah. Like, come on, uh, man. Yeah. Oh. Here's here's who we want to see come back for summer symbiotes. We want flashback. We want Andy. We want Bren. We want fucking Gemma S- uh, Shin. We want agony back. Yeah, more agony. Except I'm guess I'm still guessing she might appear in the Deadpool book because Alyssa Wong is writing that. Yeah. But um, oh. last last we saw Gemma was in Thunderbolts number one, the new series. Um, basically, she got rounded up by the Thunderbolts and now she's been sent to prison. Yeah, but, well, you know, obviously she's a villain. They're keeping her around as a villain, as a recurring villain, which I appreciate. Yeah. I think she's a, f- obviously, I think we all like her. Mm-hmm. She's a fun character. Very fun. So, so that's Summer of Symbiotes. Um, I think that's it for uh, Symbiote news as far as I can remember. Yeah, pr- pr- pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we've covered all the all the books, all the news. I think next week we might, uh, with Venom number 11, we might, Maybe at the end of the book, we might get a teaser of this new sleeper. Oh yeah, the sleeper, sleeper agent. agent. Is, yeah. It's a good name. It's a good name. And I know. I, I know. Uh, our fellow co-host John, who's never here, John. Uh, I, I know he really likes sleeper agents. Look, so it's a, it, it is a pretty good look. Some of it's a little bit much for me, but uh, overall, it's a pretty decent look. But I'm. I feel like it's gonna be a bad guy that he's on, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> that wraps up today's episode. Um, and kind of as an announcement, that also wraps up my time on the podcast as a regular oh, host wow. and show runner. Yeah. So uh, this was my final episode as a regular person on here. Uh, the podcast will continue with you know, the rest of the crew, it was, you know, an honor. Uh, I, I, I'm probably going to be taking over as host. So yeah. I'll lead the charge, but it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's well, been good having Ryan, you. We wanted to, you know, want to say thank you for joining us. You know, it's been an honor. Yeah. And, uh, we'll, you'll be sorely missed, but again, we will continue the podcast. So no worries, people. Um, it'll be me, Tyler, Aaron, hopefully John, if you can join us and we'll try to get some, um, guests if they want to join you know so yeah yeah definitely you know continue carrying this cho- this torch and uh you know good luck with it i you know i'll probably be back in future episodes as maybe guest host when i have when i feel like it but uh yeah it's well, been- i was gonna say not not just when you feel like it when there's an actual comic that you love you'll want to be back <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, there you go they, they announced <laughs> michelin michelinie's lethal protector 2 or some shit you're gonna be like let me on i want to talk about it <laughs> oh you know what summer of symbiotes david michelinie and um and and mark bagley on Crowbar limited series. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. Boy. You know what? No, at that point, I'm just not letting you back on. I'm going to remove your, your role. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> All right. Well, Banned from the podcast. <laughs> yes. Thank you again, everyone, uh, to my fellow co hosts and to our listeners. It's been, you know, an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Um, 
join my team in their next episode for the next batch of reviews. Uh, you can listen to We Are Venomaniacs on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music and iTunes, Audible, and YouTube. Uh, we can also be found on Twitter at WAV underscore podcast. Um, check out our Discord server where you can geek out with the community of Venomaniacs like us. And as always, thank you to my fellow co-hosts, Carlos and Tyler, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. I promise not to turn it into the We Are Agent Venom AX server. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, thanks to the Venom site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TBS banner and all of your generous support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venom Maniacs. You guys make an awesome community, and it's been an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venom Maniacs.